0: Words We Live By, the podcast, is a production of the Seattle Army Recruiting Battalion. If you're looking for stable income, a new career path, or a career change, consider the U.S. Army. Learn more by following us at Go Army Seattle. A quick note before we get into the episode. We do discuss suicide, which we acknowledge may be emotionally triggering content for some. We encourage you to care for your safety and well-being. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts or ideations, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Hello and welcome to Words We Live By. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Saxon. I want to read a quote from our next guest, Kyle J. White. It's just a matter of time before I'm dead. I figured, if that's going to happen, I might as well help someone while I can. When I read about Kyle's courageous actions on November 9, 2007, in Afghanistan, I was moved. I was honored to know that he's among the men and women I serve with. What a privilege to have him share his story with us. I sometimes forget how big we are as soldiers. And then I hear a story like Kyle's, and I get present to the fact that personal courage is something that lives inside of all of us. Kyle's acts of personal courage continued when he returned to the U.S. The courage it took to seek help for post-traumatic stress. The courage it took to restore his mental health and now the courage he's displaying as he stands for other human beings to live a great life. In our conversation, Kyle speaks about being the custodian of the Medal of Honor for everyone who was there in combat with him that day. I am proud to support his courage to stand for mental health and well-being. Kyle, it's so great to have someone from Washington State on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. I um, grew up on Bonnie Lake, uh, just outside of you know, like summer Tacoma area. And yeah, I, I miss it up there. I miss the mountains, the rivers, you know, having the ocean there. Uh, I'm on the East Coast now, but you know, that place always have a special place in my heart.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited, and it's such an honor to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Now you've received the medal of honor in 2014 and you've been in that role for several years now. Tell me the story behind your medal of honor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And while I would love to, you know, cover the, the actions of 9, November, 2007 and its full extent, which it deserves, uh, you know, there's not enough time to to go into that story, but you know, for listeners, you know, I'd love to direct them to U.S. Army's homepage. Uh, if you search my name, Kyle G. White, Medal of Honor, uh, there's a wonderful thing called a Battlescape, and that really walks you through um, the entire uh, ambush that day. Different perspectives, interviews from the people that were there, uh, just really un- helps you understand the complete picture of of what took place. But, you know, for my personal role, um, in which you know, leadership. And uh, you know, the president of the United States decided was, was uh, worthy of the Medal of Honor. Uh, they accredited me with saving um, a fellow paratrooper's life, um, attempting to save another, as well as coordinating, you know, air support, um, indirect fire, and medical uh, evacuation procedures for the people that were wounded and killed in action that day. Guy soldiers. Today, we present our nation's
2: highest military decoration, the Medal of Honor, to Sergeant Kyle J. White. You make us proud. You motivate all of us to be the best we can be as Americans, as a nation, to uphold our sacred obligations to your generation and all who have faced that measure of danger and the willingness to incur it. May God bless you. and. May your courage inspire and sustain us always. And may God continue
1: to bless the United States of America. And so it's a little interesting because a lot of times it's a singular act. You know, somebody, um, you know, makes a heroic act for lack of a better term. I don't refer to myself as a hero, but um, in those are recognized, but mine was more of a collective um, effort. Based on you know my position in in the military at that time and, and what I was asked to do and so uh, it's it's interesting but I think the the more important part of that question is you know the Medal of Honor itself uh, I it, it's interesting after that day you know I went back to the United States for a while and uh, went to some of the funerals for the guys that were killed in action and when I got back I remember my company commander pulling me aside and informing me that, you know, for, you know, what, what happened that they were considering the medal of honor for me. And I, you know, I just remember thinking to myself like, well, who cares at this point? Um, you know, awards to me, especially at that time were, were meaningless. You know, all the guys that were killed in action that day. I mean, what is a piece of metal uh, going to do for that? Um, but you know, days turned into weeks, months into years, and I moved on with my life. I got out of the army in 2011, went to school, um, got my degree and it was funny. I, I just met my girlfriend who's now my wife and I graduated and got my first job offer. And I was like, you know what, you know, things are going pretty good. I was like, I better get a call on that award. And, and sure enough, it was like a week and a half later, you know, some, uh, some crusty colonel from the Pentagon, you know, called me and <laughs> said he couldn't, uh, couldn't tell me what it was about. But after six and a half years, he was, you know certain I could figure it out and and I always remember this, but the the one thing he told me before I got off the phone was, you know, you can't tell anybody about this, you know, not your girlfriend, your your parents, nobody. And I hung up and I was thinking about, you know, I was coming up on the end of my inactive reserve time and sure enough I checked the date and it was probably like seven days before he called and I was like, you know, you can't do anything. And so I, I called everybody I knew and told them. And so uh, it, it was interesting, but I know, but I think the last part I'd like to highlight with that question is there's you know all, always this narrative around being a Medal of Honor recipient, and I heard it before being awarded uh, the medal by President Barack Obama. But you know everybody says the wear is heavy, and you know I, I never understood that, but you know it was the moment when he was placing the award around my neck. I was looking directly you know, in the audience at some of the gold star family members that were there. And then, you know, when he was done and, and people were clapping, you know, immediately knew what that meant. Um, because regardless of how you feel about being awarded at you know various points of military service, whether it's for, you know, doing a job well done or, you know, an act of uh, valor, like the Medal of honor. Um, it, it's important to remember that you're custodian. So for, for me, I'm not a, a recipient, but just a custodian for a specific point in, you know, our proud military history. And and for me, it's, you know, the ambush on 9 November, 2007, you know, six guys that were killed in action. Um, the rest of the, the guys that were killed, not only in our unit, but just in, in the deployment in general. Uh, and then also, also those are served, you know, it's a very sacred role and in something that you're, you know, charged with being this, this, you know, walking representation of a time and that was, you know, really the worst day for so many people um, and their families. And it's just, you know, being able to navigate that in an honorable way, you know, that's somehow measurable, you know, to their sacrifice and, and living a somehow a life that they'd be proud of. It, it's a challenge and one that's, you know, you have to answer every day.
2: We honor Kyle White for his extraordinary actions on that November day, but his journey from that day to this speaks to the story of his generation. Kyle will tell you that the transition to civilian life and dealing with the post-traumatic stress hasn't always been easy. More than six years later, he can still see the images and hear the sounds of that battle. Every day he wakes up thinking about his battle buddies. And if you look closely at that man in the suit on his way to work, you'll notice the piece of war that he carries with him tucked under his shirt sleeve, the stainless steel bracelet around his wrist etched with the names of his six fallen comrades who will always be with him. Their sacrifice motivates me, he says, to be the best I can be. Everything I do in my life is done
1: to make them proud.
0: What does personal courage mean to you?
1: Having personal courage is, you know, something that, I feel like no matter what walk of life you come from um, no matter what role you wear while wearing the uniform, uh, you know, having the courage to do what's right, you know, morally, um, whatever it may be, whatever drives you. uh, I think that's always, you know, it's an exceptional measure of a soldier. I've known Many people in my time, um, you know, I've been out since 2011, so it seems like a lifetime ago, but also yesterday at the same time. But, you know, moments in, in service and then after where, you know, you're called upon to make tough choices, um, you know, ones that may get, go against the status quo, you know, go against those that are of a collective mindset. Maybe it's your peers, coworkers, whatever it may be. But, you know, having the ability to stand up for what you believe in, which you know is right you know, perhaps there's negative repercussions, but standing up, you know, and having the intestinal fortitude to move forward with, you know, the path that you chose, um, you know, to me, that's, you know, something that I I hope if I pass on anything to my kids, it's, it's that, you know, having the courage to do what's right um, when it may always not be the easiest path. Uh, I've always, chuckle at you know something one of my platoon sergeants used to say and it was you know take the hard right over the easy left and that's really you know a demonstration of that it's you know the path of least resistance is always the best one and you have to you know be of the right mindset to be able to you know choose that harder path knowing it'll get you where you need to be
0: you know you were only in service for 20 months when that you know when that day happened and when we talk about the army values, some, somebody really put some care into, you know, developing those and have those be so powerful for us as soldiers. And even at just, you know, you're just shy of two years in service. And I can't imagine that that day when you were being ambushed, that you were like, well, what's the right thing to do here? You know, like those, those values were, already in place. Like who you were as a human being had you take the actions you did. And it's so powerful. It didn't take too much. It was already there for you to do. You know, you, you returned home and you started your civilian career and then you got a call and then you got awarded. What was life for you? Like after the award,
1: you know, talking with other recipients prior to the ceremony there was an emphasis on the fact that your life will change you know from that day forward Um, but nobody would really expand on what that actually meant and you know for me it took quite a while to understand hey i knew my life was different you know people recognize me i see my name in newspapers that you know i never thought It would be, it would be something I would be exposed to or or have to deal with, but I understand pretty quickly that I was given a platform. Um, You know, when you speak, when you wear the medal, people listen. And, you know, with that level of influence and, you know, power of your message, uh, for me, it was very important to ensure that whatever I, I stood for, whatever I chose to Utilize that platform for that it it meant something that it was going to make a difference uh, I'd say it probably took me about two years to figure out the exact you know message or or issues I wanted to support as a recipient um, And largely I came to the conclusion you know after reflecting on my time it, not only in the military but you know through you know getting treatment um, after 9 November 2007 and then also the transition process you know the difficulty in education and, and finding employment and really just moving on to the next phase of your life and that's that's how I came to support you know veteran education employment and then mental health um, that last part has been probably the area that I'm most passionate about just because you know for me I sought treatment almost I'd say six months after returning from Afghanistan, you know, I knew, Like, actually, I came to the realization that I needed help after, you know, those closest to me, you know, saw that something was different. I was off. I wasn't who I used to be a little angrier, um, you know, engaging in some, uh, uh, excessive, you know, self-medication, things that, you know, we're, we're, we know at this point in time is, is associated with, you know, coping, um, and things of that nature. And, you know, I, I was in treatment, you know, for various things, you know, a mild traumatic brain injury, um, post-traumatic stress, you know, for almost two years before I finally was like, Hey, I I feel better. I'm ready to move on to this next phase of my life. But had I not engaged in, you know, raising my hand, you know, defying what others might think of me, um, or, I guess, just that mental block that I had, you know worried about the perception, you know admitting that i wasn 't a hundred percent and ready for the next mission, um, without making that step i don 't know where I'd be today, and for me, that was you know important because I would have never made it through school, you know, earned my degree, got that first job, you know met my wife, have a family, you know start a business, all these things and I'd say, especially last year, really transformed that that whole topic of mental health, because for so long, I feel like, you know, post traumatic stress um, was painted largely as a veteran issue. Like, oh, PTSD. Oh, it, here, there's a veteran. He was in the Marine Corps. He was in the Army, or you know, she was in the Air Force, Navy, whatever it may be. Uh, they must have PTSD, and you know, like, we don't want them in the workforce. And you know, that was shaped by many things, Hollywood society, everything. And so, you know, for me always working against that, that mentality and trying to normalize the conversation here comes 2020 and COVID. And then suddenly, you know, people from all walks of life, you know, doesn't matter what your income level is or your education background, where you grew up, your religious beliefs, anything, you know, all these transition or not transition, but, all these stressors, you know, losing jobs, your livelihood, people, you know, losing their lives to, to COVID, whatever it may be. I mean, now mental health is, is being, you know, thrown out as a, really a societal issue. And, you know, it's unfortunate it took event like this, but, you know, I think the conversations around treatment, you know, talking about our feelings, you know, talking to each other about getting help um, they're becoming more normalized and, and I'm happy to see that, but, This next phase, you know, really where I want to move the direction of my support is into the suicide prevention area. Um, Actually, just yesterday, I learned that, you know, one of my best friends from my time in service uh, killed himself last week. And, you know, that's, I mean, I talked to him the day before, you know, I never even saw it coming. And so for me, you know, I have a renewed sense of focus for that because now it's, You know, coming full circle, it's like we are falling short in so many areas. We are failing. You know, these service members, we're failing these veterans, and just more needs to be done. So, the direction I'm going from this day forward is, you know, back into the suicide prevention arena, just focusing on on mental health in general because we got to do something.
0: You know, so much comes up for me hearing you talk. One, I want to thank you for taking on your your mental health. It makes a difference for everyone. Everyone. I mean, and then those people that you're, you know, directly impact your wife, she goes out and she gets to impact people in her life. And, you know, the way we leave people is so important because, like I said earlier, we can lift a room up or we can take them out. And, you know, I would much rather be the person to lift a room up than take, you know, than take the room down. It just, it really, really makes a difference and when we talk about mental health we you know yeah that stigma is there and it's so funny you know it's so real and um you know talking about it makes makes it I say makes a difference a lot (laughs) because it really I don't know what other words to use but physical health no problem and we talk about mental health and there's a weird stigma and it's just health in general. It's our well-being. What's one thing you could give young people, but it's not even just young people. It's all people, right? Cause we're all dealing with stuff day to day. What's one thing that you could say that if you could say to anyone that you believe would make the difference, what would that be?
1: Uh, you know, this phrase has been, um, well, two phrases really is what I would want to get across. And, you know, there's different variations said by, you know, people all throughout history, but, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. And if you're going to lead, lead from the front, um, you know, two different kind of contexts, but, you know, you, especially speaking on the whole mental health, you know, subject that we just covered, you know, if we want to really see a change in not only the the perception you know, of, of others on mental health, but also just how we address this inside the ranks. Um, you know, we're going to have to be the ones that decide to make that change. And so, you know, really, even if it's, you know, you know, new recruits coming in day one, you know, if we can somehow get it into their heads that, you know, mental health is just as important as your physical health, you know, the mental readiness, the physical readiness, you know, you know your physical training you know, that preparation we need to be able to put that same sort of you know fortitude that readiness inside you know the mental health space because you know these conflicts we may be in a little situation now where you know we're seeing some you know rearranging of forces you know mission mission areas may be changing new threats popping up you know we we know what this cycle is, and th- these problems these stressors this you know continual cycle of post-traumatic stress. It's not going to go away unless we can change it from the inside, you know, before these people become veterans. Um, and if, if you're going to be in a leadership position, you know, lead from the front. So what I would challenge any leader listening to this or that hears these words is, you know, take your soldiers aside, you know, once a week, once a month, I, I don't care, but you know, have the conversation, ensure that everybody knows you know, they're all looking to you for making the right choices, guidance, mentorship, make sure that you know that you have their best interests, like you want to take care of them. Um, You know, be that example. Talk about your personal, you know, struggles with mental health. You know, if you've gotten treatment, you know, share about that if you're willing to, you know, be that example. You know, you really have an opportunity to change the culture from the ground up. And I know I've already said that before in this talk. But that's really how we're going to affect long-term change. Speaking on that personal courage that we mentioned earlier, now's the time. Like, you know, be, be an example of that personal courage. Put yourself out there. Help change lives.
0: Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a fairly confident human being, but one thing I'm always nervous to share with people is that I've never deployed. And for a long time, I had to get over that. That just wasn't my pathway. Right, and you know it's still possible. Uh, but the reason why I say that is because there's things that I've had to deal with myself, but I didn't recognize them as traumas because they were not related to a deployment um, or seeing combat. And um, you know, my what I'm creating for my future is that I'm a public speaker, you know, for the army and um you could say i'm already doing that with this podcast but bigger right so um i worry about you know how people will receive me because my traumas are not the, are not related to combat and um you know still working on my own mental health and well-being is important because who i am in this world makes a difference and so you know a lot of times we think about PTSD and trauma is related to war. And for a long time, I thought about my own as not being good enough to even speak about because it's not related to war. And I had to give that up too.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a problem right there, um, is understanding that, you know, what is it at the, its base? It's trauma, you know, and in <laughs> what is PTSD It's post-traumatic stress. And so you know, one of the big things I like to highlight, you know, especially with, you know, because I'm not always speaking to, you know, military friendly crowds or veterans or active duty, you know, PTSD can strike anybody, you know, it's just, it's trauma. And so is, is it a car accident, you know, physical trauma, sexual trauma, you know, we all have different paths in lives and, and you know, especially speaking onto what you, what you brought up earlier about having not deployed. You know, there's, I always say, you know, the military is is like Afghanistan. Um, You know, all experiences vary, but all experiences are necessary. You know, everybody has a a job to do when they wear the uniform. Everyone is essential. And so understanding that everyone's role, you know, is a vital part of our overall, you know, success and, and failures that we experience as not only a service, but a nation, you know, we can't discredit or you know um, somehow lessen anyone's service just because they haven't had some experiences like other people have had. Um, you know, this is going to be one of those key issues moving forward is understanding that hey, there's going to be lots of things, especially during peacetime military, that you know it's not always going to be you know post traumatic stress related from you know a mortar or being in a firefighter or seeing your buddy get killed. Mm-hmm but it's, you know, accidents in the training area, you know, it's, it's um, getting in a car accident on the way to post on, you know, Monday morning, all those different things we just need to get away from that whole, you know, trying to classify things into buckets and just understand that everyone has a story and, you know, being able to, to just share that overall message of, you know, we're here for you. Like these resources are available. Like, it's up to you to use them, but we have to all, you know, try to encourage people from, you know, all walks of life, regardless of what their job is and the experiences that they had, you know, they deserve every chance of being, you know, happy and healthy as anyone else.
0: You know, Kyle, in all of that, it's so great. You talking about traumas that are not war or combat related is so powerful. Um, and we don't often acknowledge traumas because there are things that happen every day, like divorce, mm-hmm. that is a traumatic experience, and it's not you know, it might not be related to a physical event, and like it is quite traumatizing. I mean, uh-huh. people make promises to their spouse for the rest of their life, and then all of a sudden, that's not the way their life is going to go anymore. That's traumatic, yeah. and um, I just wanted to add that one because it is it's such a common thing to happen day to day and we haven't really acknowledged it as a trauma. And there's other things too, that we um, skip over or we think, you know, could be easy or we pretend they're easy or maybe they're not traumatic because, you know, it's not extreme and they're so common. And I just wanted to acknowledge that there are things that happen every single day to, in our lives as humans that, can be traumatic and we just haven't discovered it yet as a traumatic thing to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Normally I feel more polished on the subject just because, you know, it's something I care so much about, but you know, yesterday, you know, learning about my friend who killed himself, you know, that's as close as, as it has hit home for me, um, ever in my life. And so now it's like, I'm, questioning some things like, you know, maybe we should push harder in this front or I should do more in this area. And so, you know, it's just evidence that more needs to be done. And, you know, not any one of us can do it ourselves, but we have to come together.
0: It really is coming together, Kyle. And, you know, throughout this whole conversation, I really got your partnership in that. I really do. And, you know, I know that that partnership exists, even though we've just met today. And uh, it really, it really means something. And I know it takes something too. you know, we can't do this alone, you know, anything. We can't do life alone. I can't do this podcast without Sierra. (laughs) And I cannot, um, you know, I can't combat mental health without people like you in the world too. So really, thank you for being here. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for what you've done in the past.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Words We Live By podcast. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Saxon. Sierra Starks is our producer. And this podcast is sponsored by the Seattle Army Recruiting Battalion. Do us a quick favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a moment of season two. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us at Go Army Seattle and let's connect about all the amazing opportunities the U.S. Army has to offer.